Drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Bloods. It never rains in the brew hall. That's an old German saying, allegedly. Generic. From Space Germany. You sure it's not Earth Germany? I don't think we could... If it's old, we couldn't uh, communicate with Space Germany. Why couldn't we? We have radios. We have cell phones. Well, yeah, we could now, but I'm saying, what does old mean? Is old like 1997 or is old like 1597? I think it's just a German old. Okay. Oh, it's just an old person saying that? Yeah, it's that? just an old person. It's a German old that said it. It never rains in the brew hall. <laughs> never rains in the brew hall. Eh? I don't know why it's in like an American old. <laughs> Maybe he's from uh, Fredericksburg down south in Jeff Texas. Probst. <laughs> Jeff Probst. Jeff <laughs> Probst. Also, a German old saying. <laughs> right, of course. Now, I will congratulate both of us on so far surviving Squirrel Awareness Month. I the was, month of October. I wasn't even aware that there was a Squirrel now, Awareness Month. I would remind you, sir, that... This is different than the Squirrel Appreciation Day, which is in January. <laughs> today is today. We're just being aware of squirrels. We're not appreciating them. Sure, there's a difference. When you're aware, you're always on the lookout for said squirrels. Well, are you just like, yeah, that's a squirrel? Yeah, you point you don't one have to out. Be on like, an active lookout, do you? You just say, well, I don't oh, know. There it is. There it, it is over there. It depends. Are these squirrels menacing your house? They could be. Then you'd be even more aware of them. Maybe they're menacing your dogs, like they do mine. They like to like stand on the lower half of the tree until the dogs run out and they bolt up. Uh, yeah, they do that to See? all dogs. I know. I'm just saying the they, dogs are definitely aware. Yeah, they, exactly. This is a dog-centered month. Is that they're very aware of squirrels? But dogs are always aware. It doesn't matter if it's October or March. They're but I don't know. think dogs participate in Squirrel Appreciation Day. Probably not. Which is only in January. But you can only appreciate them for one day. Like, oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah. And then you move on. What a nice little squirrel. Does it have the specific day? Do you got a little fluffy tail, there, little squirrel? <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate how rat-like you are. <laughs> Except you're furry, so then I'm not as scared of you. You're a cute rodent, aren't you? Cute little rodent. You live in the tree instead of the sewer, so everyone loves you. Cute little rodent destroying my house. (laughs) Yeah. Cute little rodent constantly running across my roof in the middle of the night, waking me up. You little Do you have that happen? Can I appreciate you? (laughs) Uh, We used to have that until we cut back some of the trees. Oh, okay. So we, uh, yeah, they were getting a little explodey in the back, so we... Shaved it down to just one, uh, just basically the trunk with like no branches. Diarrhea explosion? Oh, yeah. We, okay. <laughs> how else do you get rid of branches? <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you said it was getting explodey. I didn't know what that meant. You just uh, drink some bad Goose Island and you go to, <laughs> go to town all over it. That's the only way to get diarrhea. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so, uh, and I will also, by the way, we should think about this. We're also recording this on Evaluate Your Life Day. We should think about that. Uh, so, would you like to evaluate your life? How do you feel about your life? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty much. Sounds good. Yeah, I've evaluated my life now. Moving on. <laughs> so let's talk are, about. The, are we going to drink a beer today? Mm, I don't know. That would require for further evaluation. Uh, okay. So. Well, I was going to say that means it's a good life, right? We'll reevaluate that later down the line. Okay. Maybe in enough. a couple of segments. Sounds yeah, good. We may not review a beer. We may just. Uh, we may just think beer. May just end it now. Yeah, we may just think beer. We're not going <laughs> to drink beer. Who wants to actually enjoy that product? Ah, who knows? Or if you could just drink a bunch of beer and not think about it too. I'll tell you, enjoy some beer. An alcoholic. <laughs> and uh, coming to us from the Journal of Alcohol and Alcoholism. All right. My favorite journal. <laughs> I know. it's. I keep my own. Uh, I believe I have one at home. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I think we all have one. <laughs> it's, got a, it's got a little locket on everything, so my mom doesn't see my journal. <laughs> exactly. Stop reading my journal, Mom. It's under my side of the bed. I don't want you to find out on the latest session of beer pong and how I lost it all. I appreciate the lump it creates. She got to sit here and appreciate my squirrel. <laughs> exactly. As I drink. <laughs> I learned my appreciation by watching you, Dad. 
Whoever that is. Yeah. Well, Dad's not around. <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, he's evaluating his life on Evaluate Your Life Day, and he's evaluated, sure. and he's realized his dad's a complete asshat. He's like, I don't want to... He's like, I don't want to be around these kids. I'd rather appreciate. I'd rather appreciate a squirrel as my father than than celebrate my true father. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. My squirrel dad is much more interesting. <laughs> Maybe he's half squirrel. <laughs> that's true. I'm watching you, son, as he's like gnawing away at a corn. Why does he sound like Trump all of a sudden? <laughs> you're, you're tremendous. You live inside. <laughs> I mean, yeah. everyone everyone talks about it really all around the tree. Everybody's telling me how much they appreciate me <laughs> as a squirrel. You I'm, know, and I did birth you. I have many, many nuts <laughs> in many, many trees <laughs> all across the world. The most luxurious nuts. I mean, no one will tell you, but I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm just here to show the truth. I don't show. say it, but they're saying it. But I'm saying it. <laughs> but I'm saying it. Would you like some Trump nuts? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Trump squirrel nuts? So, uh, this squirrel was also reading this uh, journal, Alcohol and Alcoholism, and they were basically trying to figure out why these researchers from the Friedrich Schiller University, Jena, in Germany, they wanted to explain why... Did they explore Reinheitsgebot? Of course. Uh, also, they wanted to, on top of that, the further cause of the study was <laughs> they wanted to find out why drinking hard liquor is more associated with death from lizard, uh, death from, not lizard disease, but liver disease. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> Where's my appreciation day, guys? <laughs> I'm the lizard death guy. <laughs> but what they generically and terribly named. <laughs> Basically, they found out that uh, they fed. I'm going to go workshop that. <laughs> Come up with some more creative. Be right back. <laughs> Don't die. Don't die till I come back. <laughs> Anyways, they got some mice drunk, and they found out that mice who drank hoppy beer experienced fewer damaging effects on the liver. Wow. And, uh, they said that basically they got some little uh, mice steins, filled them up with some little mice uh, hoppy beer, gave it to them in the little German mice steins. Sure. And then 12 hours later, after they are just, I mean, vomiting in the street, they had to call, call tiny uh, mouse ambulances. Sure. Uh, there was there was a lot of destruction, a lot of, you know, mice on mice uh, humping. A lot of explosion. A lot of explosions everywhere. Yeah. So 12 hours later, when the little, the little mice cops have cleaned up the scene, they studied them. And they found out that the rodents who drank the hoppy beer displayed less buildup of fat in their livers than those who drank the pure alcohol. Oh, okay. And they said they so also... So drinking all these double and triple IPAs, it's really a healthy thing. Exactly. I think uh, we're really... They've got the pyramid, the food pyramid, all wrong. Sure. The basis of the... The foundation of the food pyramid should be some triple hop beers. Absolutely. Maybe not Beechwood aged, but some triple hopped. Right. Uh, but some maybe some nice triple IPAs would be nice. That should be the foundation of every just just how you start your day. A nice triple IPA. <laughs> just drink a just drink a vat of it. Just drink yeah, an entire vat. Yeah, exactly. Don't just, don't worry about any of the other effects. It's it's not no. causing fat on the liver. Doesn't doesn't That's hurt you at all. Part. Not gonna impair your driving. No. Not gonna impair your judgments. I'm your, sure your job will be perfectly fine. You yeah. can do it the same way yeah. after drinking a vat of high ABV hoppy beer. Your wife won't end up making love to a squirrel when she downs an entire vat of a triple IPA in the morning. I didn't know you were going to bring that personal detail of yeah. yourself up. I mean, are you going to be okay? I Look, I appreciate squirrels. Yeah, okay. All so right. sometimes that allows for certain... Okay, yeah, I mean... Acts that are a little more discreet. You're like, I wouldn't normally allow it, but it's Squirrel Appreciation Day. Squirrel Appreciation Day, Day and yeah. I'm aware of squirrels because it's a Squirrel yeah. Awareness Month. So look, on that day... You had to tolerate it, didn't you? I'm sorry. I, yeah, I know it was traumatic that you had to witness it, but well, look, know. I I have to appreciate it's it's mandatory law that I have to appreciate the squirrel, and when it's Squirrel Appreciation Day on a random Tuesday in January, 
<laughs> things happen. Things happen. Things yeah. get a little crazy. You smoke a little squirrel pot. You, you probably drink a vatted beer that day yeah, after absolutely. witnessing that. To I try drink, to forget the memory. I drink two vats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One in the morning, one in the night. Because everything is served in a vat. <laughs> of course. it is. We are in America, after all. Exactly. Uh, they did a control for the mice, though, and gave uh, the control mice uh, beer that was made without hops. And they showed about the same amount of fat buildup in their liver as the mice who drank pure alcohol. Oh, so the hops are so the, the hops thing, are the little cleaners, huh? Yeah, they can't necessarily explain why this is true, um, but they suspect that hops may decrease the formation of compounds called reactive oxygen species, which are known to be highly reactive and damaging that to sounds cells. Very aggressive, aggressive. That, that does. It sounds very aggressive. Interesting. Call it's called species. Species. Too. I thought that was like for yes. living things. Clearing out the fatty cells in your liver. Hey, that's good. My name's React. Yeah, it sounds like a, I don't know, like a huge, some kind of guard at some kind of club or something. <laughs> or reactor control species. Or it sounds like a douchey MMA brand, like reactive, uh, reactive true. oxygen species. That's, that's true. It's the next tap out. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, BrewDog. There are a couple of uh, silly Sammies. Uh, if you've ever seen their show on the, uh, oh, what's it called? It, it's not E! Network. It's not Spike anymore. It's on the TV. It's that, named at the GQ Network, I think? Sure, we'll go Esquire. It's Esquire. That sounds kind of douchey. Anyways, if you've seen uh, the BrewDog show, they go travel around America. They're a couple of silly Sammies, like I said. And they made an American IPA in Scotland this year. James Watt and Martin Dickey, the co-founders of, of uh, BrewDog. And it was called Elvis Juice. And it's a citrusy American IPA. And it's become like one of their brand leaders in the last year. Is it stuff full of uh, banana and peanut butter? Uh, no, it's just... Citrus and hops, apparently. Oh, okay. Why is that Elvisy? I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no clue to that. I'm not going to take the time to look up the description because that would take too much work. Yeah, when I've highlighted, that just, would take effort. Yeah. I've highlighted some excerpts on this page. Sure. Excerpts makes sense that are relevant to the story, not to the actual core content of Elvis Juice. No, oh, okay, fair enough. But they are getting sued by Elvis Presley's estate, and so as a reaction, uh, the two of them, James and Martin, officially changed their names to Elvis in Scotland. So they are now Elvis Watt and Elvis Dickey. Oh, and so it can be their juice? Yeah. So now they, they released a statement that said, Elvis Watt said, We're caught in a trap and suggest the gray-suited hound dogs at the Presley Estate recognize that the name Elvis is not exclusive. So in an effort to patch it up, we've changed our names to highlight our burning love for the best grapefruit IPA out there. <laughs> From this point forward, Elvis Juice is named after us, the brewers formerly known as James and Martin. We may even file a case against Mr. Presley for using our names and all of his records without our written permission. And uh, to further celebrate this uh, name change, they are offering a free half pint of Elvis juice to any Elvis namesakes of the legal drinking age this weekend. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, eh, bold move, renaming yourself Elvis. Yeah. Just in that country, though, right? I don't know. I don't know. Does it apply internationally? Are I don't there, think. Are I there international think. name laws? Or is it just an AKA? I would imagine that it's probably an AKA, but I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, that would require knowing all kind of legalese. That would require us having to go hire a lawyer. That's not a thing. So I don't know about it. Yeah. I, I, are I, you the stuff guy and I'm the thing no, guy? No, no. I'm not the stuff law, guy, you're the thing guy. Law and names do not fall under stuff. Okay. Nor do they fall under things. They fall under names. And that's we true. don't have a professor uh, nameologist here either. You said that a little weird, but yeah, that's Professor. True. <laughs> professor. Professor. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting uh, that Elvis, the, I understand why the uh, estate would probably try to sue just because that's how people are. But at the same time, it's not exclusive. Yeah, just being named Elvis is not exclusive to Elvis Presley. Yeah, as long as they don't make... I guess it depends how... I haven't seen the label. If they make reference to maybe Hound Dog or something, or they have sure. a caricature that looks like Elvis. Okay, maybe so. 
but if it's just one of the standard issue BrewDog logos or right. Legos, yeah, one of their Legos, I don't see what they could really sue over just using the name Elvis. I mean, why why aren't they suing Elvis Andrus, the, the baseball man player? Yeah, any, anyone named Elvis anywhere that's famous. Okay, so I found a picture of the uh, Elvis juice can. It's just a red field with uh, the BrewDog logo, and just says Elvis juice. I don't see. I mean, I I don't see the whole 360 degree uh, view of the can, but it doesn't look like there's any reference to Elvis Presley on this. Yeah, so it doesn't really sound like they have any kind of uh, standing anyway, really, to sue. So yeah, I I mean, being a professional lawyer of beer, I'm gonna right. say they have no grounds on which to stand. Yeah, case dismissed. Yep, beer lawyers right here. But, uh, but time, not really. Time to take on a new case. Uh, we're gonna get a little local on your ass. Something we haven't done it's in least, quite a while. It's at least statewide. Uh, at least they, I think they're, they're playing outside the state now, right? They're uh, based here, best here, but they are uh, at least throughout Texas. I don't know if they're everywhere. But they uh, are, let's say somewhat in the south southwest. In yes. Yeah. Uh, anyways, our local Dallas brewery, Deep Ellum Brewing Company. Nothing makes fall feel better than the caramel malty flavors of brown ales. They're one of the great transition beers to enjoy before diving headfirst into the porters and stouts of the winter months. One of the earliest English ales, brown ales were first brewed around 800 years ago when malts were kilned over hardwood fires, giving the grain a brown color and a smoky flavor. The term brown ale wasn't introduced until the introduction of porters in the early 1700s. Before that, they were simply called ales because there was basically little delineation between beer styles. For the next 100 years, brown ales would be used to describe porters, stouts, and milds. It wasn't until the early 1800s that a distinction began to grow between styles, when brown ales were made by making a stout or porter first, and then reusing the mash to produce a brown ale. What we think of as brown ale today didn't come around until the late 1800s, when man's brown ale in England helped to relaunch the modern brown. But it was Newcastle Brown in 1925 that popularized the style. Style finally made it stateside in 1986 with Pete's Wicked Ale, a beer which also helped to establish the American-style brown ale. Like Bach beers, there are several recognized types of brown ales. English-style brown ales are copper to brown in color. Brown porters are medium to dark brown in color, with a low to medium malt sweetness and chocolate notes. Belgian-style Flanders are deep copper to brown in color. They have a strong lactic sourness and usually an oak or woody character to them. German-style brown ales, also known as Dusseldorf-style alt beer, are copper to brown in color, with malt and a hop character. Lastly, there's the American-style brown ale. Not surprising, it's also deep copper to brown in color, with medium roasted malt caramel and a chocolate-like character. And also no surprise, the American-style brown ales are often more hopped than their counterparts. Brown ales typically come in around 3.3 to 5.2% ABV, which makes them one of the easier session styles around. Today we're taking on one of the, uh, I don't know about quite grandfather, I would call them like uh, Franconia here in the area, or RAR, but they're certainly a father of the local beer craft scene. That's Deep Ellum Brewing Company. They're one of the oldest locals. Hey guys. They're definitely one of the oldest. It's me. Are you deep? Deep Ellum. <laughs> How's it going? I'll that was be, great. I'll, that was great. I'll be here just appreciating squirrels. You sure you're not just going to leave right now? <laughs> See you later. All right. That sounds good. But yeah, they're one of the they're one of the originals. They're in that first wave of big breweries that open up around here. Um, they're not like you said. They're not Franconia. They're not Raw, but they're in that next wave. And they're not quite 
uh, new wave. No, they're not new wave. They're in that second tier wave. Yeah, of- they're just. They're just average wave. They're first wave, I guess. Well, they're not even first wave. They're sec- yeah, they're second wave. They're, they're second wave. They're the... They're uh, definitely a wave. They they're were in the wave of when craft beer started to really explode here. Right. They were the grandfathers of the original craft explosion era. They were in the but rising tide. Franconia and Rara were the original craft breweries, but yeah. that was not during the explosion, for sure. Yeah, they're not first wave. They're not new wave. They're just wave. Yeah. But they have had one of the bigger explosions of the local breweries, for sure. Yes. There's no doubt about it. We've talked about, obviously, we've talked about Pedicolis many times. And Pedicolis and Deep Ellum opened up about the same time, actually. I, I believe he talked about that in the interview. Uh, Might have been off air. I can't remember. But they opened up around the same time. Uh, we've talked about Community being a quote-unquote large player. Um, but, you know, none of them are, none of those are near the distribution and the presence that Deep Ellum has all over the place. Yeah, they're pretty saturated in this market and in the state. Absolutely. I mean, any place you go... Uh, At least in the major cities. Yeah. Oh, yeah, in the entire state, for sure. They... If you go to... Like, even your generic 7-Eleven or something, you can go anywhere, and you'll probably find the Deep Ellum IPA somewhere in the in the shelves there. That uh, that, the, that'll uh, be the craft... That'll be the craft option. That or the Dallas Blonde. It's pretty... Fr- uh, yeah, the Dallas Blonde, too. One of those two will be somewhere. Right. <laughs> well, be, even in, like, a CVS or a 7-Eleven. And to me, that's... That's showing you have pretty wide distribution. You're not going to find, very often, you're not going to find community in, in these other ones at those places. Yes, they're very well distributed. Um, also on local taps. If you go to, you know, like a Gloria's or somewhere that's not as local and mm-hmm. not like a standard pub bar type place, but they do have like, we want one craft beer tap. They're yeah. probably going to have the Deep Ellum IPA on there. Uh, along with a Lakewood Lager, you're yeah. probably going to get those too in a lot of those places. I would say I don't have any proof to back this up, just by you know, just casually mark one eyeballs here. Right. Uh, I would say they're probably the, they might be the best distributed brand in the city as I, far as outreach goes. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And to give you an example of that, um, went to uh, Austin City Limits this year, Ooh. and their craft IPA option was Deep Ellum. What kind of uh, helicopter did you take to to get to your VIP uh, section? I had to hitchhike. Had to hitchhike on had a helicopter. Had to hitchhike and you ta- go oh, down so, there to the oh, so what you're saying mud pits is you, in the front row. You took Uber Copter then to the VIP section. Is that that's, a thing? that's what you call hitching these is days. Is that a thing? I'm yeah, Uber Helicopter. Oh, what do you mean? Don't act like you. Every time you're in Dubai, you're taking your Uber Helicopter. I've never even heard about it. I, what, what's, what is Helicopter? <laughs> it's a flying thing that rotates in the air. Oh, okay. It's like a giant spinnaker. <laughs> is that the official wording that they put in the dictionary? <laughs> helicopter, a flying thing that spins in the air. <laughs> uh, it takes you to and fro. Now, Mark, I know you you don't get Deep Ellum beers very often, right? Like, you don't buy them, you don't consume them too often at the house or anything like that, right? Uh, no, they're not one of my go-tos, for sure. They, I mean, there's been certain beers that I really appreciated, like the Coffee Ale, I like quite a bit. That's a good one. I When the Cherry Brown Stout came, first came out, I liked that quite a bit. And But other than that, I can't say that they're not one I usually have in my house. They're definitely a good standby um, but I find myself reaching for others more often. Yeah, they probably suffer from uh, being around too long syndrome, which is a bad thing that we also fall yeah. in, uh, we fall into sometimes. Like we talked about Sierra Nevada a, right. you know, a couple weeks ago, and they're declining sales, and they need to mix things up. Uh, I think it's pretty much true for this market is that we've had Deep Ellum for so long that maybe we don't appreciate them enough. Yeah, and... I think I still definitely appreciate their Dream Crusher. They have a couple that that do stand out. Uh, their their Dream Crusher is a double a double IPA, Imperial double IPA. Um, I think it's I would put that up against a lot of other national double IPAs. To be honest with you, I think it's I think it's every bit as good. 
Uh, and I think for a single IPA, their their regular Deep Ellum IPA is very serviceable. Yeah, um, it's a it's a it's a stalwart here, and it's a it's a good standby IPA. Yeah, absolutely. It's not it's not like a home run to me. It's not like a definitely not the best IPA I've ever had. But if you're looking for a good standby, just you know it's going to be good. Yeah, go for that IPA. And you know it's probably going to be available, like we talked. Yeah, about. and I, I think they're, that's probably what they were shooting for. Is I'm guessing they were not shooting to overtop, you know, something like a Pliny right. or something. They were looking for a solid standby IPA, and that's that's what they got. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Pliny's a double, but yeah, I know what you mean. Well, I'm just saying, of iconic IPAs yes, is that's what I'm true. comparing it to. But to go through some of their uh, their other beers that they have, uh, just since we're talking about them anyway, their uh, IPA gets a 95 and a 90, uh, 95 in style. So I mean, that's pretty highly rated. Uh, their Dream Crusher gets a 91, and for some reason, a 56 in style, which I yeah, really don't understand. Yeah, that's a huge disparity. Um, I, I don't see what about it doesn't fall in the style of a double IPA. I mean, it hits all the standard notes, in my opinion, but I guess others disagree. Uh, they have the Double Brown Stout, uh, gets a 79 and a 45 in style. Uh, the Rye Pills Pilsner, which I'm kind of with you. I'm not really a Pilsner fan or a Rye fan, so yeah. I never get that one. Uh, but that gets a 75. Um Oddly enough, the Dallas Blonde, uh, which is another very popular one, it's definitely second to their regular IPA, uh, only gets a 48. But yeah, and this, this is an interesting dichotomy again. So we have several in this category. First, we had the Dream Crusher, which had a 91 overall, 56 in style. Then we had the Rye Pilsner, which had a 75 overall, but a 97 in style. Yeah. And then you have the, the Dallas Blonde here, which is a 48 overall, but an 84 in style. Yeah. Seems weird. It's a weird disparity there. I, I don't know what could be driving that. It's it's like people are either rating. I, I think when you have to rate it, rate beer though. I think you have to rate it both styles, don't you? Or both yeah, categories? Yeah, you do. Yeah. So I don't understand how. I don't know. It's just so weird. It's a yeah. weird dichotomy. And I think all of these, um, all, well, all the ones that I would drink. You know, the brown stout, the uh, dream pressure. The dream pressure stands out a little bit. I, I already said, so I'll take that out. But the IPA, the blonde, and the and the brown. I think those are all. Very serviceable, down the middle road, good beers. I don't really, yeah. I don't really understand the forty-eight low rating. Uh, probably ninety-five. I think might be a little high for the IPA too. But again, it's not. There's nothing wrong with any of these. I think they all, yeah. I think they all fit in the category, and I think they all taste fine. I don't, I don't, I don't understand such a such a hate for the blonde. I, think, I don't either. I think it's, it's every bit as good as any other blonde I've had. And here's another one. The and the final one on the list here, the uh, darkest hour. Gets 88 overall, but a 33 in style. <laughs> yeah, that makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand having a little bit of variation between the two because one might not be as good an example in that style. For sure, that makes sure. sense. But when you have such a high score as 88, to yeah. only get a 33 in style, I mean, what category are you expecting this beer to sit in? Right. <laughs> uh yeah, are they saying it belongs in like a rye category or something? I mean, it makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, it almost seems like it's totally in the wrong category and it should have never been there. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, I haven't had that beer in a long while, so I can't really speak to it. But yeah. maybe that's true. But I have, I find that really hard to believe. Yeah, absolutely. So like, weird, weird uh, numbers on rape beer today. Yeah, that's that's some of the strangest we've had. Now the beer we're taking on today is called the Four Swords, and we are—they released the Four Swords back in 2013, I believe, first, and they are now releasing the barrel-aged version of the Four Swords, and it's a Belgian quad. Uh, comes at a 9.5% ABV with a IBU of 44, and it should be served in a Trappist glass. Now, for anybody out there that tries to get this, the only one that they're actively producing is the 2016. The one we're doing today is a 2015, but there mm-hmm. is plenty of that still available if you're local in the Dallas area, at least. Yeah, so the 
the description on this beer is, This beer is not to be taken lightly. Inspired by the strong dark ales from the Trappist monastic brewers of Belgium, you'll notice a big surge of fruity esters on the nose. Think bubblegum, spices, and stone fruits. Okay. They're, Oh, you're thinking about it? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. This is now. the key part. We're not drinking yet. You have to be thinking. <laughs> the aromatics lead to the imbiber to a full-bodied malt profile laced with caramel and dark fruit flavors. We used a traditional Abbey Ale yeast strain and fermented the beer at a warmer-than-usual temperature, I assume they meant there. They looked at a word. To coax the yeast yeah. into producing these flavors. All right. Well, let's find out about the history of Deep Ellum Brewing Company. Deep Ellum Brewing was founded in 2011 by Scott Freeling, James Peel, and John Reardon. They open under the name of the iconic Dallas neighborhood in which they reside. They are also the first Dallas area brewery to be based in Dallas proper. They served their first keg at a local Deep Ellum bar on 11-11-2011 and have gone on to become one of the most popular Dallas area breweries. As of March 2016, they now distribute to all of Texas. They feature a group of regular beers including their Dallas Blonde, Local Legend, a sweet milk stout, Double Brown Stout, a Baltic Porter, Nito Bandito, an Imperial Mexican lager, as well as a few IPA variants. Their signature beer, however, is still their 7% Deep Ellum IPA. This beer was first introduced in January 2012, yet it remains the best seller for the brewery. So the BJCP for a Belgian quad is that uh, aroma-wise, it should be complex with a rich malty sweetness, significant alcohol, and an optional light to mod its spiciness. Hops, if present, are usually low. Uh, parents wise should be deep amber to coppery brown in color should be huge huge dense smoothy persistent <laughs> cream to light tan colored head and can be somewhat hazy flavor is similar to the aroma should be moderately malty and sweet on the palate finishes variable depending on the interpretation the travis versions should be dry to dry moderately dry to dry abbey <laughs> versions can be medium to dry to sweet and should be low bitterness overall uh, alcohol will provide some balance to the malt and uh, should be overall balanced Mouthfeel is carbonation, high carbonation, but no bite. Smooth, but noticeable alcohol warmth. And overall impression is that it should be uh, dark, very rich, complex, and, of course, in the Belgian strong ale style. Complex, rich, smooth, and dangerous, much like our show. Ooh. Commercial examples include the St. Barnardus Abbot 12, or Abbot 12, I forget how you say that, uh, Chimay Grand Reserve Blue, the Golden Drac, the Lost Abbey Judgment Day, and the Russian River Salvation. Yeah, now to recap uh, the overall ratings for this one. Uh, Rate Beer did give it a 97 overall and a 91 in style, so they actually had something kind of coordinate there. Uh, something from Deep Ellum. And then uh, Untapped gives it a 4.12 uh, on 15, uh, excuse me, 1,502 unique reviews. So, um, decent amount of reviews for 2015, and um, Beer could had no score. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's 4.12, like we said before on Untapped. That's, that's doing pretty well. That's pretty high. Um, and then a 97 overall. So I would expect that this beer should be pretty tasty. It's one of their highest rated beers. Um, my one concern is that Belgians don't always tend to be in my favorite style, but uh, I'm hoping that the wine barrels and you're talking you're talking about else, the, you're not you're talking about the people, not the beer, right? Exactly. That you are just an anti-Belgian. If if there's anything Bel, if you have somewhat of Belgian descent at all. Well, anything Belgian, the You're, beer, the yeah. beer, or the people. Yeah, I'm you not bu- talking about just one. Anytime you see one Belgian or, or beer, you bite your thumb at them. But I do constantly biting th- your thumb. Uh, well, yeah, of course, I, I do that anyway. And you slap them with your leather glove that you're always wearing. <laughs> then I walk paces away from them <laughs> so, while you swish your hips. It's really weird. Yeah, and they often don't know what the hell's going on. But what is going on? <laughs> exactly. But you know, they just tend to be earthy. More of a Swedish accent than a yeah, it was, Belgian. Yeah. I just I tried to roll past it and. Hopefully no one noticed, but 
I just feel like they tend to be too earthy a lot of times, and that's not necessarily my favorite flavor. Um, I don't, I don't hate it, but it's not. It's not like lager disgust. I mean, lager is the most disgusting, right? And but you know, if, if there was a lager people, they'd be the most hated by me. You're just not a fan of the earthy tones, right? Exactly. Much like Kwame from Captain Planet was your least favorite planeteer because he oh, was the course. planeteer of Earth. Yeah, absolutely. You always wished to rain the, somebody to rain blood down on Kwame's uh, home village. I wanted to cut him. Yeah, yeah. basically. Wanted to cut him with a rock. Absolutely. And then not bury him in the in the earth. Right, no. I don't want him to return to his homeland. No, of course not. Because the earth is nasty. <laughs> earth is disgusting. <laughs> but it's the most disgusting uh it's the most disgusting flavor yeah. to add to beer. And he was the most disgusting planeteer. <laughs> right, exactly. If there was a logger planeteer, he would have been more disgusting. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Mark? What are you explain water? Logger. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, ex- expectations for this. Uh, being that it was age, I didn't realize. I thought for some reason I had it in my mind that there was the Cabernet Four Swords, and then they'd introduced a separate whiskey barrel uh, aged Four Swords. Well, that shows what's wrong with your mind. I know. Uh, I don't know what's going on these days. It's it's like I'm living in another world, and maybe I need some some meds. Well, you basically live in this one room in this one chair for six days a week, and don't go anywhere. So that's true. It's hard to know what's going on in the outside world. And really, you know, we're we're sitting here on evaluate your life day, and I'm really starting to reevaluate all the choices I've made. That I've only <laughs> left the house twice this week: one to see Idiocracy on the big screen with you, yep. and the second to feed my mother in law's cats while she's away in Spain. <laughs> How beaten does that sound? And keep in mind, she only lives. Across the street, <laughs> right? So you didn't even put on pants for that. No, no, I, I ran screaming nude across the across the highway there. Of course, yeah, across, yeah, across the street. And that's the only two times I left the house this week. Now I had plans. I had some really ambitious plans to leave the house to you know to go up to my office real quick. Oh, oh yeah, that's, but those plans got scuttled. So that is very ambitious. I mean, that, the, talk about living a life of adventure right there. That's like a town away. You could just call me Indiana Jones Junior over here. <laughs> Basically, yes. <laughs> just that's, wait. That's, that, that is a whole town away. That's crazy. Yeah. The, I mean, a film about my life might be the most boring thing you've ever seen. I think it's like a 15-minute drive if guy, there's no traffic. Guy who sits here and programs in the dark for 10 hours a day. <laughs> How exciting. With a, with a bunch of animals all around him. It's like the start of uh, The Matrix, but without any energy. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the creator of The Matrix. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just sitting there. It's like if they showed the coding of creating The Matrix. Exactly. But none of the activity that actually went on. Yeah. It was just that for... For a 10-hour movie, right. a 10-hour epic of that. <laughs> Sounds great, doesn't Just it? Just a, a fat guy sitting in gym shorts in his <laughs> office chair uh, in a dark room programming for 10 hours a day. <laughs> Coming to a screen near you. <laughs> in a world <laughs> where one guy never leaves his chair <laughs> and never leaves the house. He appears to be growing into it. <laughs> they zoom in. He's getting fatter <laughs> by the minute. <laughs> I think he took another drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> He's feeding the dogs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, this is where he walks downstairs. This is the benefit of having the Amazon on-demand culture now. Is right. that I can have everything sent to me just about. I don't ever have to leave the house. That is true. You can even have liquor delivered. You don't That's even have true. to get your beer anywhere else now. Well, let's hope this beer is a little more high energy. But for yes. some reason, I had in my mind again that uh, this is be whiskey barrel aged. We really went down a rabbit hole there about your mind. I know. It's evaluate your life day. You can't help it. It's That's law. True. We have to be <laughs> throughout the show. We have to evaluate somebody's life. That is true. So here we are. Um, but the. Yeah, I, I didn't. I know I've had. Now that you said that, I know I've had the Cabernet before. So we'll see if uh, if it lives up to what I remember. But I'm expecting it to have. Obviously, being aged in Cabernet barrels, have a red wine quality to it, a vinous quality to it. Uh, Going to taste vinous. That's uh, nice. somewhat, maybe uh, have hints, shades, evening shades of uh, Merlot, perhaps Cabernet. Obviously, uh, those darker. Obviously. Uh, 
you know, the darker, redder wines. Uh, maybe a little smoothness to it. May uh, kind of round out the palate a little bit. I expect it to taste like a Chardonnay. <laughs> Do you know? I was expecting some Jameson. <laughs> I don't know why I said Merlot, but I did. Yeah. I was trying to think of red wine, and that's the first one I jammed in my mind. I'm not drinking effing Merlot. I was going to say, I don't drink effing Merlot. <laughs> but the aroma. Maybe a nice Pinot. Yeah. So what are you expecting out of this beer? I already said. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on then. <laughs> I Aro- said it and then pitched it to you. Yeah, well, no pitching. The aroma on this beer, the reminder BJCP should be complex with a rich multi sweetness, significant alcohol, and maybe a little bit of spiciness. Now, it's only supposed to pour with a huge head, right? It's not supposed to keep that? Uh, it doesn't really say, uh, well, we're not talking about appearance yet, so. I'm just asking. Well, we're not there yet. I'm teasing it. That's a tease. Well, you asked. A, you didn't tease. You didn't say we're going to talk about the oh, head. Okay. You said I didn't get into it. I just said, asked. What our head? What our head? You're asking too early. Well, I'll, we'll find out why I asked that after we go over aroma. Is that a tease? That's a tease. Now I don't notice a lot of dark malt here. I think the cabernet uh, aroma is definitely overtaking any malt smell. Man, here. it smells exactly like a cab, like cabernet, not like not, <laughs> not like a yellow city cab, not like a broken down yellow cab out right. of the bowels of New York City. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's maybe slight. Slight dark malt, but I mean, mostly it's it's definitely Cabernet. I don't I don't get it at all. I mean, no, it's definitely almost like a, there's almost like a hint, maybe a hint of a chocolatey smell or something, but it's mostly it's mostly Cabernet. Maybe a little bit, but it's it's like ninety nine percent Cabernet, one percent Cabernet, Cabernet, one uh, percent some sort of chocolatey malty smell right. there. Well, yeah. Well, we're in agreement. Cabernet is the yes, prominent, definitely sure. very prominent. And again, and again, and this again. is a year. Uh, this is a year age too, because it did come out. True. In Good point. Good point. Just to make that point, appearance should be deep amber to coppery brown and hue in color. I would say this is leads. I don't know. It's far. It's almost to brown to a brown ale uh, appearance. It's brown, maybe cola colored a little bit. I wouldn't go coppery brown, coppery. I you know you think of copper, you tend to think something a little more, definitely lighter. For sure. Based on the limited light I have from my computer monitor, uh, it almost looks a little soda-y, like a little cola Yeah. It's not unlike a Coca-Cola. Yeah. Perhaps a Pepsi, if you're a Pepsi man, if you're evaluating sure. your choices today. And you Dr. Pepper, to go Pepsi. I mean, you know, anything. Anything yeah, that's like a soda. The darker soft drinks that they've added right. coloring to because they don't really need to add color to it because it's naturally clear. For the yes. nationwide audience, maybe Mr. Pibb. Yeah, maybe Mr. Pibb, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Pibb, uh, there was a time in my life when I preferred the Mr. Pibb. To the Dr. Pepper. Oh, well, that's, that was a bad time. It, look, they were dark times in my in my youth. <laughs> definitely, but it's definitely, it's not a Dr. Thunder now that you can get from like a Kroger. Oh, that's true, yeah. Not quite a Dr. Nothing's Thunder. Nothing's a Dr. Thunder. But Mr. Pibb has its place in this world. Has its place in the soft drink world. It's like Miss Lemon Lime or whatever they come out <laughs> yeah. with. Or Thunder Mountain as opposed to Mountain Dew. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's definitely carbonated too, like a soda. It's it, it's it calmed. It's calmed a bit, but when you poured it, it was super carbonated. Yeah, it was a very bubbly poured a poured a decent size head, not chunky at all, but uh, receded to just a nice. Now we are drinking these. I didn't my apparently my Trappist glasses are packed away, so we're drinking these out of uh, what do you call them tulip glasses. So it's a little bit different well, than intended, but he has to be on the move from the Prairie Mob at any moment. That's right. I'm always so, on the move. I so to, everything's packed. I have to pack up my uh, white panel van at any point and flee. <laughs> right, exactly. So can't have all those glasses out at once. Just toss candy at the kids' heads as I'm going down. But that that was the head tease that now it has no head. Yes, exactly. So that's the conclusion of the tease. <laughs> that's the payoff. And the flavor on this beer should be moderately malty to sweet on the palate. And of course, the uh, finish can vary depending on their uh, preferred style. Sure. And the bitterness should be low. Bitterness is low. That's a lot more vinous than I remember it being. I remember it being initially when I drank this, whenever it first came out. 
a lot more. It definitely lent a lightness to the flavors, but it was a little bit sharp at the time. Now that we've aged this a year, it's a lot more rounded out on the bottom. It's good. It's a definitely a lot more like drinking a Cabernet. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, that's a lot like drinking a Cabernet. Um, it's like Cabernet with a little bit of carbonation head on it. A little carbonation, a little bit of, again, some slight, almost chocolatey, candy, candy taste that's on top of a regular ca- uh, Cabernet. Um, some people said candied plums. Uh, I don't know. I could maybe kind of go along with that. I get there's, some raspberry from that, for yeah, sure. There's like a little fruitiness. There's a little fruitiness, almost a little chocolatiness, and then definitely a lot of cab flavor. A lot um, of cab flavor. Which, by Belgian quad standards, this doesn't taste like most any Belgian I've ever had. Yeah, there's no earthiness to this beer. Yeah. Uh, Kwame has been shot in the head by Dustin for this Absolutely. beer. Or actually, I guess by Deep Elm. They shot him in the head. Yeah. Uh, and luckily, they didn't pour him into the into the uh, mash as an adjunct. There's no Kwame adjunct in this beer. No, as far as, him out. As far as I know. Now, maybe that's the secret to the recipe is that they shot Kwame in the head and then poured him into their, their vats. I don't know. Can't say. Maybe he's like a deep, yeah, a deep dive part of this, but maybe he's not very present. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's like Soylent Green. Maybe it, there's some balance in there that we're not recognizing that and, it, uh, it does balance it out. And it's Kwame DNA. Absolutely. I think that's what it is. So maybe his planetary ring sucked up all the earthy flavors, sucked it all into, to, you know, <laughs> into his dead it. corpse. Yeah, when they were sparging, it's, it sparged all the earthy flavors out. Yeah. It just leaves nice flavors of Kwame in the middle. Yeah, there, I mean, there's very... You'd have to search for it to find it, and it's so limited. It's not even really worth. I wouldn't even list it as really a one of the tastes. Now it's a lot of uh, very very fruity, but it's not as sharp as it used to be back when it first came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, very well rounded on the bottom. If you like, if you really, if you're a vine man, uh, a vine man, a wine man, <laughs> or a wine lady, if you prefer wine, I'm or if you know man. somebody that is not a beer fan but they prefer wine. I think this is definitely the beer I would go for if you can get a hold of it. Yeah. Grab one of these and say, you don't have to drink any Ethan Merlot, hey, but wino. you can drink Cabernet. Hey, wino. Yeah, guy with drink the, this. the brown. Why were they winos? I don't know. I mean, back in the day, let's be honest, everybody was drinking liquor. But you're a wino. But you're a wino. Right. But you prefer the Colt 45. You prefer the Mad Dog 2020. But I'm applying that moniker to real winos. Right, to I'm real not, winos. I'm not talking about liquor people that you throw that on. Like That's not really the label they Whatever random logo we give to homeless. Right. Right. To degenerates overall. You're, t- you're speaking to the venophiles. Sure. The real well, winos. Degenerates are winos, right? Just in general? No matter what degenerate activity yeah, you're it doing? Yeah, you, it doesn't matter if you're a sexual degenerate. You're a wino. <laughs> of course. You're, you're a sexual wino, but you're, you're still a wino. And you're going to the loony bin. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All hopped up. Hopped up in the loony bin. Hopped up in the loony bin. Doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing ex- dope. Has he been doing that? Doping dope? up. Yeah. Doping up. Doping up on that four swords from Deep Ellum. Shooting up that marijuana. Shooting up that marijuana. Killing them some Kwame. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely a beer I would give to a venophile and say, hey, you like Cabernet? Try this beer. Because it's, it's is that what you would say? It's like, hey guy, <laughs> let me make a professional pitch. <laughs> let me write that script. Hi, in case ever Hi, my name is Mark from the Brew Bloods Podcast. Where <laughs> we like to drink beer and think beer. I understand that you're a wino and you prefer a nice wine in your hand as opposed to a beer. How about you try the Four Swords barrel aged in a Cabernet barrel from Deep Ellum? You're a wino or a vino apparently, <laughs> or a vino, yeah. or maybe you're just a sexual degenerate. And yeah. You prefer. You're still a wino, so hey, you need something to lube up before you get into your sexual activities. Try a Four Swords from Deep Ellum, <laughs> aged in Cabernet barrels. Right. 2015. But it's very much uh, a wine-like beer. It's, <laughs> it's gotten more vinous over the last year. All that to be said. 
All that aside, yeah. yeah. Now, the question is, when you try to fit it in the category of a Belgian quad. Which it oddly gets a high rating in the in the category. Which I would say, they this one is the least like the category out of any of those other ones that they are in style. Mm-hmm. Compared to all the other ones that they gave such a low rating for being in style. Well, it's so the overall impression, according to BJCP, is that dark, very rich, and complex, and a very strong Belgian ale. So it's strong, 11%. Sure. It's smooth, for sure, because it has the nice wine bottom on it. Sure. It's dangerous, obviously, because the ABV. Uh, very rich. Dangerous. Very dark. So I, I questioned, I mean, I, to me, it does kind of apply to everything that uh, is expected out of this beer. Now, is it a traditional Belgian that has those overly earthy Kwame qualities? Ah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. But if I'm going officially by their styles here... Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I think it, yeah. it's it's complex, it's it's rich, and it's very strong. But, you know, what you don't get a lot of... Um, the alcohol here is very subdued. It's there, true. but you would expect that it might be a little bit stronger, especially at 11%, but it's very well masked by those Cabernet flavors. Yeah, that that is true. It's 10.5, technically. 10.5? Okay. Yeah. But still. Anyways, what's 0.5% between friends, between drunk friends? And did we talk about the label at all? It's probably uh, one of the didn't. most unique labels. Yeah, this is. Uh, they're definitely mimicking a traditional uh, Belgian font on their, their logo. It's a black field. It says four swords in white, uh, white and gold. And it's uh, it's very. It's like a wine label, to be honest. It's like if they mix yeah, a wine is. label with a Belgian beer label. Because for four swords, they use the Belgian font. A tr- sort of traditional Belgian font, and they mix it with the the rest is kind of like a wine label, so it fits. It's very appropriate to the style. Yeah, because mostly uh, Deep Ellum, their normal logo is a smiley face that has a beer for the smile, like a beer bottle. Yeah, um, and they put that on almost everything. But I don't. I think they do it on yeah almost everything except special releases. And this is one of those that um, correct me if I'm wrong because I don't have the bottle in front of me. But I don't believe it has it on there, does it? Nope. Yeah. So this is one of the few that does not carry that distinctive. Uh, Suicide Squad looking logo that Deep Ellum Yeah, that's true. Has. It did look a lot like Suicide Squad. Good point. <clears throat> so, ratings. You want to rate, Mark? Sure. All right. Having had this beer before, I expected something that was going to be more sharp and didn't get that, just based on what I've had before. But that was a year ago. And we Obviously, it's been sitting here aging for uh, over a year now. And I think it represents itself a lot better in the second year than it did the first year. I remember when I first had this at good friend a local uh pubbery um i remember right. i had it and i thought it was okay i had it off the tap and i thought it was okay you Definitely. suckled directly off the tap I, of course that's <laughs> they recognize me when to come in they're like here's the guy who appreciates squirrels come suckle from our taps exactly uh yeah well, it puts it, his mouth over it like people do for water fountains <laughs> yeah and just pours it <laughs> I, I remember liking it but not loving it at the time um i think um and that's why i never picked up a bottle of it because that's kind thought, of his feeling about Deep Ellum overall. Yes, exactly. Liking it and not loving it. Exactly. Um, but no, I think a year later, I think this is a beer that's meant to be aged. And I think it gets, at least so far, at least in one year's time, I think it uh, represents itself quite well now. And being something that's um, Cabernet aged, you that's definitely what you get in your face. Now, some of you might not like the Cabernet, how heavy the Cabernet flavors are. And I can appreciate that if you're looking for a more balanced quad. This is not your quad. This is This is not the quad for you. Right. You want something a little more subdued, and this is not it. Because I will say it's not very well balanced in flavor. You don't get there's no malt here in this flavor, um, no cereal. It's all Cabernet with a like. When I say Cabernet, I mean the darker fruits, the evil fruits, your plums, your raspberries, a um, little bit of chocolate notes, um, 
it's it's a very rich uh, fruity beer. It, typical notes that you would find in a Cabernet, right? But it's it's overpowering within that beer. I personally, just going for an overall impression, I really like this beer. I think it uh, it is a standout in the barrel aged series because it's so different. Um, normally, you're going to get those thicker um, bourbony flavors out of that, or maybe a little bit lighter out of a Scotch <laughs> barrel. I just because they took a chance, they they took a lark here and did it a different way. They took I, a I, chance on this. I took a chance on it. <laughs> I think it works really well. It represents the Cabernet quite well. I think it's great for someone if they're trying to transition from wine, trying to get into the beer world. It's a great beer for them. Not being a quad fan, a Belgian quad fan, typically either. I'm not a big Kwame fan. I I like this beer a lot. So I'm not going to go within style. I, as usual, I'm going to go off overall impression. I, I think I would have liked to see maybe a little bit more hot alcohol off, off of this. Just a little, a, bit a, more. a little bit more. A little bit more alcohol. A little bit That's more. That's it. Yeah. It, I have very very minor complaints here. Uh, maybe a little bit more head retention or a little bit the, the carbonation that was there in the beginning. Maybe have that. I think it would play nicely. It's it's a little bit carbonated as is, but I think a little bit more carbonation would play nicely on the tongue with the Cabernet flavors. Just a little jungle gym on your tongue of sure. flavors. Um, but otherwise, it's a great beer. So I'm going to give this beer 4.25 out of 5. Wow. Nice. I'm impressed with all your uh, highly rated beers lately. Uh, I guess yeah. everything's been good lately. So yeah, we've had a good run here. We've had a pretty sure. good run. Pretty good little run ever since uh, we went really down in the depths with the uh, cores. But everything else since then, it's been and, yeah. Unless you count the uh, Rogue a couple weeks ago. Well, but even that wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Hey, I do have the Rogue Sriracha beer. We can try it some point. <laughs> well, we'll just do Rogue every two months, <laughs> over and over and over again. Yeah. We'll go through their entire until we finally catalog. get one we like. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, we'll bring the brown stout or the the uh, not the chocolate stout into real canon, and then we can say that we actually had one we liked. Um, but anyway, yeah, this I expected this to be pretty solid given the given the ratings on it. Um, I expected myself though to not like it as much, just because, like you and like you talked about, um, Belgian quads are the style that I stay away from. Probably second to loggers. Uh, I definitely take a Belgian quad over a logger, but it's not one I ever. I never. I never seek them out. I never go for Trappist beers. I never go for any of that stuff. So I I came in kind of feeling like I probably wasn't going to like it as much. Um, but the rating was so high, I had hope that it would be one that would actually, I don't know, maybe turn me around on the quad. And I think it did. Um, it it does a really good job of balancing out uh, the earthy tones that often come a, come along with a Belgian quad. Um, I feel like Belgian quads a lot of times kind of dry you out a little bit and dry the tongue out. It's like licking, it's like licking sand or licking dirt or something, and um, a little bit of that can be okay. This but, is definitely a medium body dryness to it. Yeah, but a little bit of that can be okay. But if you have a lot of that, it just, it, I don't know. I feel like I get uh, shriveled up and uh, want to just drink a ton of water and not drink anything you're else like, for the rest of the day. You're like the Keystone bitter fa- beer face guy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's just the quad effect, the Belgian quad effect. Um, that's just the effect when you get when you're near any Belgians in general. Anything well, Belgian, that's true too. You get prune face. Just what happens. It's, it's an allergic reaction. There's nothing can be done about it. That is very true. They have yet to invent an allergy serum for Belgians or yeah. for anything Belgian. If, if I could get that, maybe I would I would embrace this category. It's a very rare condition. But for now, I can't. Yeah, it's it's a disease, Mark. I don't like to talk about <laughs> much. Kind of like the squirrel sex thing that you did. You know, it's stuff that we want to keep secret, right. but we can't. Yeah, I, I, I understand. Um, I do think, and this isn't really to try to say that you don't like Deep Ellum, because I've been joking around with you a little bit off air on that, but I do think I like, I tend to like their beers a little more than you do. 
Um, and I do reach for them a little more than you do. I, I actually go for their Easy Peasy IPA, and I go for their uh, regular IPA a lot for just session. If I want to have something in the fridge that I know is a good IPA and I want to drink it, and it's very easy to get, I tend to go for those. Uh, or if I want just a really good double IPA, I will get their Dream Crusher a lot. So I tend to stay on that side of their uh, that side of their house. I'm not as big of a fan of their stouts and other things generally, but this one was this one is an exception. Um, it's probably I'm going to make a very bold claim, probably the best Belgian quad I've ever had, and the Cabernet barrel aged version is definitely the thing that contributes to it because I've had the regular Four Swords before, um, and it wasn't wasn't as good as this i'll put it that way the ratings would suggest that too because i believe that one only gets a 79 instead of a 97 so adding the cabernet barrel aged element to this was great it was a great experiment and it paid off so i would say uh i will give this one man i'll give this one a 4.5 out of 5 i like it that much give us a final score of Four point three seven five. Man, it's been nice to have a nice run of beers. It is. It is. I think some are going to accuse us of being shills, but that's okay. <laughs> Why would we? Why? I mean, like we said, we don't. Deep Ellum's not even a favorite uh, amongst us, especially on your end. And <laughs> of course, <laughs> well, you don't reach for him. You said I don't, you don't I reach don't. for him. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. the fact that we gave him a high a high rating, that's definitely not being a shill. Yeah. And I was going to say one thing I thought of while you were talking uh, that if I had to give a name to this beer because it's I think it's pro- appropriate. Uh, I'm gonna this is a, a bit of an allusion to uh, Michael Jackson. I'm gonna call this Jesus Juice <laughs> uh, because it is it does remind me of um, the sacrificial wine you get in church sometimes. Yeah, it's not quite as bad as your grape syrupy wine like you get in church or or whatever, but it is definitely Jesus Juice and a nod to uh, Michael Jackson's. Uh, <laughs> Not quite as bad. That makes it sound like this isn't very good. Let's just say activities with uh, Macaulay Culkin. No, it's the good. It's the good version. Oh, okay. It's like if you were to, uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get a, a follower, a, a Christian, uh, tipsy. You get him this Jeezy juice, Jeezy juice, <laughs> Jesus juice, or Jeezy. Mark hasn't drank a lot lately, so no, this 10.5 no, no. might be hitting him. No, the only times I'm drinking now are uh, when we're recording the show. So oh. yeah, it's hitting me kind of quickly. But your Jeezy juice, Jeezy Jesus juice, yeah. <laughs> If you want to get your uh, fellow Christian drunk, this is what you get in the Jesus juice. Exactly. I know. Don't tell them it's a beer. Just yeah. tell them it's a wine. Right. This is your your Jesus juice. Jesus juice. Because who isn't looking to get their fellow Christians <laughs> drunk? Hey, hey guys, let's praise the Lord and get smashed. <laughs> Sing a little River of God. Exactly. Well, thanks for listening to Anything the show, from Carmen. <laughs> the fight. <laughs> exactly. The first concert I ever went to was Smith. Yeah. The first concert I ever went to was uh, Carmen. And I remember he say, he uh, sang that song live, the one song I can really think of these days, uh, <laughs> with his hair helmets. But uh, yeah, first concert was in Taylor County Coliseum back in the day, West Texas. Right. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to, for all your support. Uh, if you like this show, you might like our other show called The Break Room. You can find it at breakroom.tv. Yeah. It is out there. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It does uh, help us get new. helps people find us, basically. We'd appreciate that. Thanks to Stefan for this week's education segment. Check us out on the social networks, uh, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat once in a while. If you have feedback on the show, you can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com. Call us 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2337. We'll catch you guys next week for episode 74. <laughs> Belgian Probst. Probst. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Oh, yeah. For Dustin, I'm Mark. For Kwame, I'm Mark. <laughs> Poor Kwame. R.I.P. But not really. Kwame is the new Harambe. <laughs>